Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. I'm with Pastor, with Pastor Nick Katie here, the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And this past Sunday was Palm Sunday. And we were looking at Matthew chapter 21 and uh, looking at the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So if you missed that sermon, uh, get over to whitefieldschurch.com right now and you can download that. And uh, it was just, just a great sermon to come out of our, our Desiring the Kingdom, out of First and Second Kings and the exile. And then, and, and then just seeing Jesus come in, the triumphal king, the one and true and only king that all of these other kings had kind of foretold in a sense. And uh, just a great sermon. Uh, any of your favorite podcast platforms, you'll find it there as, as well on Apple, uh, Apple, Google, um, Spotify. And if you would, please uh, like and subscribe and you know rate and review if you can. It would be great. Uh, just gets our content out there further and further. So when people are asking uh, these questions about life and, and God, and uh, we have Christ-centered, gospel-centered content that we can provide for them and good answers from the scriptures. And so we found ourselves this week in Matthew chapter 21 and Kind of one of the main uh, things that, you know, I kind of took away from the sermon, I I think many others did. You have Jesus uh, riding into Jerusalem. It's kind of a very festive, uh, uh, you know, um, atmosphere. People are rejoicing. Hosanna, you know, uh, praise the son of uh, the son of David, you know, and a lot of this rejoicing palm branches. You know, people are, you know, screaming and crying out and all this kind of thing. And in the midst of all of this, we get we get there and it says Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, kind of almost the polar opposite of, of, of what you would expect during this time. And one of the interesting things when you when you read his what he said here at the end of chapter uh, chapter 21 of those verses is that he, he talks about the visitation and, and this particular phrase um, that we read here, it, it kind of brings a kind of full circle from when when uh, when Jesus's birth was prophesied about by Zechariah in chapter, I believe Luke chapter one or Luke chapter two, uh, that Zechariah that was in his song. So we just wanted to talk about that a bit this morning. Yeah, and so actually, uh, so our passage that we studied on Sunday, we looked at a couple different places where the triumphal entries talked about. Triumphal entry is one of uh, only a few events that are covered in all four gospels. And basically the same thing said with minor detail changes in each gospel that give us a little bit more insight. Um, but it's in Luke's gospel, actually. So we, we start out in Matthew's gospel. Then we went over to Luke's gospel, which is the only one that tells us this, that during the triumphal entry in Luke 19, it says that Jesus, as he was atop the Mount of Olives, heading down the hill into Jerusalem to cross the Kidron Brook to enter the city, um, that he wept over the city of Jerusalem. So it's just a, a very you know, poignant picture that here's Jesus with tears coming down his face while everybody else is cheering. And, um, and Jesus says there, and I didn't get much into it. I just kind of stopped at the place where it says, I believe it's verses 41, 42, where it says that Jesus wept. But then after that, you read more and he talks about why he's weeping. And it's interesting because he says two things. He says, first of all, you know, Jerusalem, if only you would have known the things that make for peace. And then he says at the end, you know, here's what's going to happen. He weeps because he looks down at the city of Jerusalem and he says, I know that in the coming days, not one stone will be left atop another. Even the temple will be torn down. Now, this is a reference to the fact that in 70 AD, you know, maybe a couple decades after Jesus says this, the temple is 
toppled and and the whole city of Jerusalem is basically, you know, just destroyed and nothing's left by the Roman um, sacking of Jerusalem, which happened uh, in AD 70 under the Roman general Titus. Now, um, Jesus talks about this. He actually talks about this in other gospels as well, that this is coming. And he tells the people this is coming. But in Luke's gospel, he says something really interesting there in chapter 19, the end of chapter 19. He says, this is going to happen because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Now, as you said, that's really interesting because these, these two phrases, the, the things that make for peace and the time of your visitation, they are like bookends because the gospel of Luke starts with these phrases. In, it's in Luke chapter one, where we see Zechariah, you might remember, he didn't believe what the angel said, that he's going to have a son. So the angel took away his voice. And then he gets his voice back and he sees, you know, he has this child, he rejoices and he understands also that Mary is going to have a child. And, and what's so funny is he's got his own child and yet he sings this song about somebody else's child, which is really interesting. It shows that he really does understand that his child had come to point the way to the Messiah, the one who was to come. Mary's child, his, I guess that'd be his nephew, um, and he says this song, and the song begins by saying this, uh, Lord, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited his people and raised up a horn of salvation in the house of David. So that idea of visitation, and then he ends his song by saying, um, lead us in the way of peace. Okay, so visitation and peace in chapter one. Then in chapter 19, once again, you have failed to know the ways that lead to peace and you have missed the time of your visitation. So it's, it's tying those two things together. Here's Jesus. He's come. He's given them everything they need to believe. He's fulfilled the prophecies. He's healed people. He's done signs, as we talked about on Sunday. And yet the people have failed to recognize the time of their visitation. And as a result, Jesus says, he actually ties the Roman sacking of Jerusalem to, he says, it's a result of them rejecting him. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean that God sent the Romans to attack Jerusalem in 70 AD because they failed to recognize Jesus. I would say that's what Jesus is saying. And here's a few reasons why. Uh, one of the reasons is because just like, as we studied at the end of second Kings, that God, you know, gave them all these warnings. And then because they failed to heed the warnings, God allowed them to be attacked and overcome by Babylon. This is essentially the same thing happening again, where God is in his mercy, in his love, in his fatherly discipline, allowing the Jewish people to have the city of Jerusalem destroyed and their temple destroyed, just as it was by the Babylonians, to get their attention and, and to really say, hey, wake up, you're missing it. And uh, Paul the Apostle talks about this in Romans chapter 11. He says that we Gentiles have been grafted into the family of God, this tree which began with Israel. We've now been grafted in so that Israel itself, essentially to stir up envy, to stir up jealousy within the Jewish people, that they would say, hey, what are all these Gentiles doing? Celebrating Passover, celebrating all of our, you know, reading our scriptures, doing these things and claiming to believe in our Messiah and that it would cause them to go back and look for themselves and see if they had indeed missed it. And, and that's the hope, right? That's what Paul says to stir up envy, to stir up jealousy within the Jewish people. 
So there's there's one other important aspect that I didn't bring up in the sermon that I would I would like to share with people now, and that is um, when you go to Jerusalem. Now I know I'm always pushing this. We are going at the end of this year in November and December, right after Thanksgiving. We do have a few open spots. I really encourage people to go. Here's what's so interesting. And I'm like, I know you've been to Jerusalem. You know how it works. The Mount of Olives is is a really cool place. It's this big hill overlooking Jerusalem. It has all these graves on it because the Jewish people know that when the Messiah comes, he's going to come from the Mount of Olives. That's what's prophesied in Zechariah 14. Also on the Mount of Olives, kind of near the base of it, is the Garden of Gethsemane, which is interestingly on both sides of the road that comes down from the Mount of Olives. So Jesus would have come down the Mount of Olives, you know, and um, passed graves, and he would have had on either side of him the, the Garden of Gethsemane, but he would have gone in his donkey and then crossed over the brook Kidron, which is very small creek, you know, uh, very similar, like to a lot of our creeks here in Colorado. He crossed over this creek and then he would have headed up into Jerusalem and the gate he would have entered into, the Sheep Gate. It's called the Sheep Gate. And the reason the Sheep Gate's interesting is because the Sheep Gate is the gate where they would bring in all the lambs to be slaughtered for the Passover. And 1 Corinthians Paul tells us, Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been slaughtered for us. And so here's, here's the epic imagery, is that Jesus comes in on the Sunday after the Sabbath, so that the week begins them, for them on the Sunday. Uh, that's the first day of the week. They, Jesus is coming in on the first day of Passover. This is the day when they would bring in the lambs through the sheep gate to um, be taken, and then they would be examined for several days. And they would be examined. So Jesus comes in on the same day that they bring in all the lambs who will be slaughtered for Passover. He comes in the same gate and um, he, he then proceeds to be examined for several days by the Sadducees, by the Pharisees, by the scribes. All these people examine him to see if there's any blemish in him, even like to the point of Pontius Pilate declaring, I find no, no fault with this man. And, and then he's sacrificed for us. I mean, it's, it's like incredibly orchestrated. Like, how could you even plan something like this? And Jesus did it. It's, it's, you know, you can see this was the climax of everything that the Bible had been building up to until this point. It all climaxed during this week. Wow. Yeah, no, that's amazing, amazing insight into that thinking, thinking through that, you know, and it's just a great way as we now head into Good Friday and that, you know, that as Jesus came in through that gate, these people are, are, are rejoicing. He is the king come to save us. And those same people will be yelling on Friday, crucify him, crucify him. And it's a sobering thought, a sobering thought to think through this week. And something that, you know, I encourage people at the end of service on Sunday, just this week to think through that road that Jesus would take. He would be the lamb who would be found without blemish, you know, and would be sacrificed on our behalf. And we, you know, his righteousness imputed to us. You know, and that's just a great thought to think about this week as we head into Good Friday. And if you are in the area and you would like to join us, we're going to have a couple Good Friday services, 5 and 6.30 here at the church building. And I would love to have you join us. Um, it's just going to be just a good time to contemplate, you know, Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf and, and you know, how that changed the world and how it changed our lives. And then again, Sunday, if you're here, we're going to do a sunrise service for the first time. 
uh, 6.30. Sun is going to be rising here in Colorado at 6.37 or something like that. And it's going to be beautiful. Come and join us and just rejoice with us in, in Resurrection Sunday. And rejoice in all that Jesus has done. And that in His resurrection, we can all have new life. And we'd love to see you here. We will have our normal service times at 8, 9.30 and 11. And we'd love to have you join us. Bring a friend. This is the Sunday that most people actually come to church. As, as uh, Pastor Nick was just talking about, people are interested in all these things around about this time, you know. And uh, this is the time to invite a friend. They're most likely to come with you and bring them to, so they might hear the gospel and also just be saved and, and live out in that resurrected life. And so join us, whitefieldschurch.com. If you missed the service, uh, you can go there right now and please subscribe, like, do all those kind of things. And we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.